Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, I speak with Christopher Franks, Reverend Doctor from High Point University. Dr. Franks discusses his belief in the Apostles' Creed. To view the full video of this interview, please visit beingreasonableshow.com. So I'm going to discuss the Apostles' Creed. Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed. Okay. Yeah. That's great. I have no idea what that is. What is the Apostles' Creed? Uh, So the Apostles' Creed is just a sort of summary of Christian faith that derives from the early centuries of the Christian church. And has been, it's one of many creeds in Christianity that's been repeated in churches over and over uh, for hundreds of years. What exact, exactly is the creed? Like, uh, so it's just a statement of belief, and I can, yeah, please. I think I can come close to reciting it for you. Well, I won't be able to, so. <laughs> uh, so okay. it, it says, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Okay. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, uh, died, and was buried. And the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. I gotcha. So it's, it's basically the fundamental underpin, underpinnings of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. of a handy summary of those. Yeah. On a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that this belief is true? Uh, I'm going to try to make a distinction here, if that's okay. Please. Um, and I'm going to distinguish between the object that this statement is pointing us toward, which would be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the, the words as an attempt to articulate knowledge about that object. I'm not with you yet, Okay, but I, I plan to be. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say that in terms of my confidence in the object that this statement points me toward, Jesus... The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay. Seven. The object is seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in terms of the, the creed itself as a human artifact, a, a sort of an attempt to summarize knowledge about this God, I'm going to say five. Okay. 
help me out with the distinction. What, mm-hmm. what, what is the distinction between the creed about the object and the object? Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the reason I wanted to make that distinction is because um, for me, this creed is about faith and faith is about trust in someone. So it's not only kind of my confidence in this statement, but it's about my confidence in the one in whom this statement is about. And so when it comes to my trust in that someone, I see. I would have no reservations. If your trust in that object is a seven, and your trust in the creed is a five, why do we need the creed? Why can't we just go straight to the object? Um, well, all of our knowledge about this object uh, is has a, it's a human knowledge. And just like any human reality, it's historical, limited, provisional. It's an attempt to put into words something. Um, just like if I attempt to describe my wife, um, I might do a pretty good job today, but I want to be open to the fact that, well, I might be able to articulate my knowledge of my wife. I might even be able to articulate what I knew mm-hmm. better it, five years from now than I am now. And so I want to just leave room for recognizing that the creed is a human artifact and since it's historical, um, our understanding of it might improve. We might find ways to... Uh, so the creed itself might it. be limited because maybe humans were involved in possibly writing the creed or no? Uh, well, definitely humans. So humans were involved in, 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 in writing the creed and in thinking about what the creed means, and that can be a little bit detached from what the creed actually is getting at or discusses. Right. Okay. Yeah. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in true things? Things are true and real. Uh, I'd say seven. Uh, I really uh, feel like part of what we're here for is to seek truth. And you shouldn't be satisfied uh, unless you have good reasons uh, for, for believing what you believe, especially when it's something consequential. Um, I suppose, you know, with more trivial things, I wouldn't be as, as quite as concerned about investigating with all my energy to make sure. But when it comes to consequential things, for sure, um, uh, we should definitely be open to, to pursuing yeah. truth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know you've heard the show before. So how do you know that your belief is true? Um, well, I'm tempted to say that I am confident in this belief because I inherited it. I'm not going to stop there, okay. but I am going to start there. Inherited it? Yes. You mean like your parents had it? <clears throat> um, not only my parents, uh, but my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, and not only them, but many, many of my teachers, friends, their parents, when I was growing up, uh, you're trying to make your way in the world, trying to understand the world, and the community that you're raised by teaches you to name things, to speak about things, to adopt practices that help you to recognize things, and um, 
this is the language that I was sort of brought up gotcha. to speak. I hear you. Uh, so that's that's what I mean by inherited it. And uh, but of course nobody um, nobody holds a belief such as this simply for that reason. Um, in fact, uh, if it weren't uh, if it weren't somehow real to you, you would seek another moral community to teach you a different language than the one that yeah, your, yeah. your native community right. taught you. Right, right. Um, and certainly that's been the case for me as well. Um, there have been uh, lots of things that have sort of corroborated this language in my own life that I was like, oh yeah, this all clicks. Uh, this all fits with the, the way I've been taught to see the world and to speak. So you've inherited it, and when you think about it now, it seems to the the principles, uh, Jesus, God, and the Holy Ghost seem to jive with how you see the world, right. which is how you were seeing the world from inheriting from very early on. Yeah. To help me with the belief, Johnny is sitting next to you, and Johnny is a Muslim and he believes in Islam mm -hmm. and he lives in Iraq and he inherited Islam from his family and his grandparents and so on mm -hmm. from uh, his community because it seems that he lives in Iraq and that's where they practice Islam and he believes it to be true Mm -hmm. And he's come, and it now fits with him. It mm -hmm. fits with he, with how he sees the world. Mm -hmm. What would we say about the truth value of Johnny's belief? Uh, I can make it more personal, okay, by speaking of friends that I have that grew up in High Point, whose native language, so to speak, was Islamic. Okay. Uh, or other friends that I have whose native language, so to speak, was Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, these communities, you know, we don't have to go to Iraq to find sure. uh, these communities. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I totally, from conversations with Muslim friends, Jewish friends, recognize similarities in sort of how um, they've come to sort of inherit yeah, yeah. Uh, a sort of way of viewing of the world right, uh, right. that's similar in some ways to the way I have. Um, now, I wouldn't leave it there uh, because um, as we have these conversations, we recognize that there are things that we don't share in common. Right. Um, I would emphasize that in talking to such friends, we also recognize that there's a lot that we do share in common sure precisely about the convictions that that we're talking about now you mean the strengths of the strength of the convictions you mean or uh no i mean about the content of them about the object uh about the holy trinity uh well no but about uh like for example in conversations with my muslim friend yeah for example um it becomes clear from talking to them that our understanding of what we mean when we say god uh is similar. Are you saying that when you're talking about the Holy Trinity, God in that sense, you're talking about God in the same way as someone who's Jewish or Muslim? Uh, 
well, I would say that there are there are overlaps and differences. Um, the overlaps that seem most kind of salient to me have to do with um, thinking that many of our human attempts to imagine an ultimate being are not what we mean by God, uh, but that rather what is meant, as I understand it from conversations with Jewish friends, Muslim friends, and also within Christianity, uh, what we mean by God is um, one who is is not knowable in a sense simply by taking an inventory of the things in the universe, but rather is the source of and sustainer of everything in the universe, uh, who has a sort of freedom uh, that um, means that this God is not really apprehensible simply by observing everything in the universe, but rather is the source of everything we observe and apprehend. Um, when it comes to the claims of Christianity, mm -hmm. why then are you practicing Christianity, say, and not practice Islam or Judaism? Why then stick with Christianity if it seems like we're kind of discussing the same things or are we not? I'm just trying to understand. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, there are these similarities. Yeah. Um, and an under, one of those similarities is that because there's this sense that, that the God that we're talking about is in some sense unknowable through our human powers, uh, that if we know this God at all, it's because this God has chosen to reveal something. Would you say that someone who is practicing Islam, their belief is just as true as your belief? Or we're not saying that? Um, I would say that um, my conviction, as I suggested, is rooted, first of all, in how I was taught to see things. Second of all, though, um, and I recognize that, say, my Muslim friend Muhammad taught to see things a certain way as well but as we grow we also question that and we uh -huh. all, and especially when we realize that somebody else was grown up in some ways similar but also different we wonder well why is the difference there yeah uh, and so we raise questions about those things when we do raise questions about those things uh, one of the things that that we notice is that if uh, if this God is only known through being revealed mm -hmm. then if we want to know this God, we have to look at where those revelations are, where the prophets are who have been able to articulate some of this revelation. And that's where there gets to be a difference between those three traditions. I'm mentioning Judaism, Islam, and Christianity because of a different judgment about which prophet is sort of definitive. Or yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um... I'm trying to follow you. Maybe another hypothetical would help me, and you might have heard this hypothetical before. Let's say that Todd is sitting next to you, and Todd believes that Buddy Holly 
the musician mm-hmm. who died, he rose and he is a god. Todd believes this and Todd experiences it via having it uh, come down to him in an ancestor sort of way. He inherited mm-hmm. it and he's come to believe it because it resonates with him. Would we say that Todd's belief in Buddy Holly is equally true to your belief? I would say that uh, I would want to raise questions about it. I would want to test it. I would want to figure out whether it can stand challenges, criticisms. Okay. uh, For sure. Okay. Uh, And uh, with respect to Buddy Holly in particular, I think it's an interesting example, partly because it seems like a kind of absurd claim, but I think part of the reason that it seems an absurd claim is because in our culture, we tend to think of God Mm -hmm. as something and of a finite human life of a particular individual that we know historically born here, died here, did these things. It's hard for us to think of those being the same, like this particular person and God being the same thing. And I think to a certain extent, that's part of why Jews reject Christianity because they're like, human being and God, same thing, doesn't make any sense. And I think that's part of the reason why Muslims also reject Christianity. Human being, God, same thing, doesn't make any sense. So are we to say then Todd's belief in Buddy Holly is equally true, that he really believes it, it comes from, from his, he inherited it, he prays to Buddy Holly, he receives inspiration from him, and then when we talk to Todd, we can accept what he says as an objective truth. Again, I, I would say that I would be more provisional about it. I would say, well, let's test it. Let's investigate it. Let's try to figure out. Let's have a conversation with Todd like you're having with me where we ask yeah. him why he believes that. What would we ask Todd then so we could figure that out? Do you think? Um, well, I would want to know uh, more about who this God is. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he means by the word God when he says Buddy Holly is God. And, and I would let's say yeah. he, when he, we ask him, he says, well, he's... He's an omnipotent, all-powerful, all-knowing figure. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are good, fine adjectives, but I would want to probe him more. Like, wh- what do you mean by all-knowing? What do you mean by omnipotent? Uh, because um, there are ways of uh, conceiving of the omnipotent, the, the, the all-knowing, where it's um, kind of a an idea that we humans can come up with of the absolute. Um, And I would, if that's what Todd means, then I would say he's talking about a different God. When he, when he ascribes Godhood to body, buddy Holly, he's talking about divinity in a different sense. So if if he describes God as all knowing and all just as an omnipotent being, then we would be able to make a determination at that point that he is not talking about, God, a God. Uh, well, he might be talking about a God, and uh, an objective, universal God that doesn't matter what we think about it. That figure is a God. 
Uh, no, I would say that many gods, uh, so to speak, are uh, products of the human tendency to um, be what... Uh, there, there was a theologian during the 1600s, John Calvin, who said that the human heart is a factory of idols. Uh, the, the human heart is constantly coming up with things to worship. So we would say that Todd's God is likely a artifice of a human creation. That he thinks it's a God, but when you dig down... It's likely not a god. Uh, I'd say that's quite possible, although still we wouldn't have gone far enough in the conversation. For me, I'd want to probe like, more. Like what? I'm just trying to understand. Um, I would want to know uh, what are some of the things that Buddy Holly did that reflected this divine character? Yeah. Uh, I would want to know um, did he have some reason for being on earth that carried out some mission that we could see as somehow divine and having to do with the good of the whole creation? What was that? And let's just say for the point of this hypothetical, let's say Todd says, well, Chris, that doesn't matter because in my religion, that doesn't matter. He's God. Would we accept what he says? Would we say, well, if that is your stance, we would say, it sounds like you're not talking about God. Uh, yes, from the standpoint of uh, the moral community that, that I have been shaped by, yeah. uh, I would say the claims you're making are hard to square with how I understand God, yeah, uh, and uh, I'm not sure they would stand up to to scrutiny, right? Yeah, right. And if Todd turned this around to you and he said, "Well, the way you see your God, that doesn't stand up to my scrutiny of how I think God is, because I'm because Buddy Holly is God." And if I'm a third person, and I'm watching you and Todd discuss mm -hmm. this, and I want to know what is objectively true, what is true about the world, is there a way I could find that out? Is there a way that I could listen to you talk and, and Todd talk and, and, and hear what you have to say and come to uh, uh, at least a general point, you know, a direction of what is objectively true? Uh, well, I would say that you're going to bring your own standards of rationality from whatever moral community has formed you, and you're going to listen, and uh, you might listen to scientific challenges, you might listen to philosophical challenges, you might listen to moral challenges to either side, and based on the criteria of rationality that have formed the moral community that you're uh, accustomed to, to dealing with, you would render some judgment as to whether you think this stands up to scrutiny. Um, I, I do want to pause and just think about the word objective. Okay. Um, because uh, I think it's an important word, but also carries with it some sort of dangers, I think, in the search for truth. Um, because it, 
and objectivity is important, particularly because we as humans have such a tendency to sort of close in on truths that have been comfortable to us in the past mm-hmm. and uh, things that that we like. And we need the humility and the courage to question those and to assimilate new perspectives. Uh, and the notion of objectivity helps us uh, move beyond sometimes narrow or limited perspectives. Well, with your, your belief and Todd's belief, is mm-hmm. there an objective truth there somewhere? Uh, well, I'd say there is always an objective truth. Uh, but objectivity in the fullest sense is something that is that only a God's eye perspective possesses. Uh, in that sense, every in the human realm, everything is an attempt toward objectivity. And since we're humans, we're always getting there more or less, never in any sort of absolute sense. So you're saying that God is the only holder of objectivity, and if we can't know that because our views are inherently subjective, then are all beliefs then true at that point? Then what Todd believes is true and what you believe is true because we couldn't possibly get to an objective truth? Uh, No, I would say, um, I would take a lesson more from maybe kind of the history of science Uh, where you see a community of people who, you know, let's just take the Big Bang. Uh, Like, so before the 20th century, the most rigorous scientific consensus certainly did not think that Mm -hmm. all of the stars were moving away from each other really fast. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was this sense that, well, the, the, no, the universe is kind of static and mm-hmm. this is where they are. And it doesn't make any sense to think that they mm-hmm. would be moving apart from each other. Uh, was that object? Was that objective? Well, I would say that it was the best that science had done up to that point in describing the phenomena. But those phenomena are always open to new challenge mm-hmm. so that in the future somebody might come up with a kind of uh, a new uh, observation or a new theory. So we might not know the objective truth, but we can still say that there is an objective truth. Sure. And I think it's still worth using the word objectivity even mm-hmm. for some human beliefs. It's just helpful to recognize that in the human realm, objectivity is a kind of relative objectivity. Relative objectivity. Okay. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We continue our conversation with Christopher Franks, Reverend Doctor from High Point University, as he discusses his belief in the Apostles' Creed, coming up after this short break.
something is complete Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause nothing is what something is complete Guess it's better than something Something's better than nothing Cause nothing is what something is Better than something Something's better than nothing Cause something is what something is it's still worth using the word objectivity even mm -hmm. for some human beliefs it's just helpful to recognize that in the human realm objectivity is a kind of relative objectivity relative objectivity okay I lost you <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I mean is that uh, objectivity is to call something objective means that it so far has survived all of our attempts to challenge it. What if we described objectivity in the sense that it is something that is true and it doesn't matter what we believe about it? Uh, that seems to me that would be a God's eye perspective of objectivity, which is certainly true, but as soon as we start to talk about it, our beliefs are going to come into it. But what if it doesn't matter what our beliefs is? I mean, what if it is just objectively true and I can believe in it or not believe in it? What, what does me believing in it have to do with it being true, objectively true? Um, well, I don't see... I mean, I, we, I suppose everybody could disbelieve in whatever's objectively true. Yeah. But then whatever's objectively true wouldn't be anything that we ever talk about or inquire about. And so we wouldn't be talking about it. Right. I, I, and I, 
and I, I see where you're coming from, that there might be an object, objective truth and we might be talking about it and we might not, not be talking about it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, I guess that's what I'm saying is I don't, would that matter whether we talk about it or not talk about it? Either Todd's belief in Buddy Holly as God is true or your belief is true and I would imagine what we think about it wouldn't really matter. Uh, it matters in the sense that it makes us people who can live better lives, the more closely our beliefs are true. Yeah. Yeah. So then if I want to know what is objectively true and I need help, how do I get that help to find out, to move towards that objective truth, if we can move towards that objective truth? Mm-hmm. And we might not be able to, but if we can. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say that what you need, what is the most important thing to me in the search for truth is to develop and cultivate the virtues of truthfulness. The habits of mind that help us to be open to new truths, to assimilate new truths, to let go of tired uh, or false pictures that we just liked. Um, Those are what we need. Uh, But it's always going to be part of a journey in which we're, we're attempting to articulate objective truth yeah. And because we're historical beings, it's always going to be a bit provisional. I think you're telling me is that as a third person, I couldn't really glean from your conversation with Todd an objective truth or at least move closer to an objective truth. That, that through that kind of knowledge, I couldn't get there. there I'd have to get there a different way. Well, it could help. I mean, just listening to our conversation could help you some. Um, I mean, it How? Dep- uh, well, if you ask both Todd and me questions about, um, so I'm going to make claims about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's going to make claims about body, Buddy Holly. Yeah, yeah. If you ask more detail about this, okay, tell me the stories about Jesus that are behind your the way this resonates for you and okay Todd tell me the stories about Buddy Holly that make this resonate for you if if you hear those stories and you're like I don't even see how that matches up with any conception of God then you would have good reason to question whichever belief so who I believe would depend on my subjective conception of who God is well and it also depends on um, how well Yes, it it certainly depends on that. Um, But whether that's moving you closer to objective truth depends on how true your conception of God is. How would I know that? How could I find that out? And I apologize if we're talking in circles. I'm really trying to see how you... I really am trying to see how you see the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to get there. I really am. (laughs) Sure. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so I think that, uh, well, let me tell you a, bi- auto, a biographical story. Um, so uh, as I was um, 
pursuing truth myself. Um, when I went to college, was as many people are when they go to college, taught to question things that maybe they'd never questioned before, entertain yeah. uh, perspectives that they yeah. hadn't entertained before, right, right. and things like that. And so I, I, I developed new uh, ways to test beliefs and new ways to think. Um, but one of the things that I also found when I was uh, in college was that um, I started to move toward a kind of crisis of whether my pursuit of truth and my practice of faith could stay together. Okay. Uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to hold those together. So truth, pursuit of truth and faith are different directions of, you're going in different avenues or different? Uh, well, so you're saying that faith is not associated with truth or is it? No, no. I okay, think, okay. I think that uh, faith is about seeking truth. Okay. Uh, but I think that in, in my own biography, when I was in college, mm -hmm. some of the ways that I was taught to seek truth and to test truth started to make me wonder if faith was going to get me there or if truth was going to take me in a different direction. So you were trying to get to truth mm -hmm. and, you were trying, and you were trying to figure out whether truth was going to get you there or faith was going to get you there. Well, I wouldn't put it that way. I would say that I've always been seeking after truth. Uh -huh. And uh, faith has been a friend to me and a path toward that. And by faith, we mean trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is part of it. It's more than, than just trust. Okay, I'm sorry. Because uh, you mentioned it before. I did mention that before. Oh, so what do yeah. we mean? I, I really should know what you mean by faith then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so by faith, I do mean trust, but I also mean um, a, a knowledge that is... Um, mediated through human words that are understood to be a revelation. Knowledge as mediated through human words. Uh, it's a knowledge. It's a knowledge. Yeah, mediated by words. Mediated by words. <clears throat> that are understood to reveal something about God. Okay. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, while we're on faith, I would say it's another thing, and that is that it's a commitment. Um, it's a trust and a knowledge and a commitment. Okay. Um, kind of similar to uh, you know a commitment in a marriage or something where you commit yourself to another person and trust them and seek to know them. So it's a trust in something that the trust relates to the truth value. It's a commitment to something and the commitment that thing relates to the truth value of that thing mm -hmm. being true mm -hmm. and there's that other thing that I'm trying to understand it's the it's a language that reveals something and that whatever that language is that reveals that relates to that thing being true yeah um, maybe one way to think about it is just that if you're trusting and you're committing you have to know what you're trusting and committing to. Okay. And so there's a knowledge okay. involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, but when I was in college, I, I, I began to wonder if my pursuit of truth and the path of faith were going to force me in different directions. Um, and because I was committed to my faith, the idea that it would, that truth would take me in a different direction than faith was kind of a crisis for me. Yeah. Um, and, and part of the reason I think that I got to that point was, 
it's hard to know really ourselves fully, but I think part of the reason probably was because I began to get disillusioned with certain forms of Christian community that I had been familiar with. But part of it was intellectual, where my teachers had sort of been teaching me to uh, to think that crucial to the pursuit of truth is a kind of detachment, a sort of neutrality that seeks to step back from all truth claims and evaluate them from some uh, neutral perspective. Okay. I think I see where you're coming from. And I know you've probably heard something like this thought experiment or this hypothetical before. Um, Let's suppose Todd. Todd believes instead of gods, Todd believes that there are an even number of ghost pepper peanuts in this jar. Mm-hmm. You believe that there is an even number. Did I say he was even? I can't remember. <laughs> Todd believes there was an odd number. You believe there's an even number of ghost pepper nuts in this uh, tin. And if I'm a third person then, would I be able to discover the truth Hearing you talk about this, the peanuts, the nuts. Well, I'm wondering why I believe that they're even. Have I seen inside the box? Have I counted them? Yeah, right. We can take you out of it. Let's say me and Todd. Okay. I believe that there's an even number, and Todd believed that there, believed there's an odd number. Mm-hmm. Could it be said that there is an objective truth there, that doesn't matter what I believe, doesn't matter what Todd believes, there is something objectively true about the world that doesn't require my belief about it, it's just true, right? Sure, but the only reason we talk about it is because it's a feature of the world that we can interact with and can investigate and can get closer to the truth about by inquiry. Okay. I think I'm getting closer. So with you and Todd's discussion about Buddy Holly and what you believe that through human inquiry, that's not a route to get to that truth. We can't go that way to get there. We must go a different way. We can't go which way? To have that discussion. Which discussion? About the discussion about how many Buddy Holly versus your belief. We can't get to an objective truth that way. When Todd and I are discussing, we're trying to get to an objective truth about whether they're even or odd number of nuts. Mm -hmm. There's a way we can get there. We can talk about it. We can open up the nuts. We can count them. We can get to an objective truth. With you and, and, and Todd discussing what is true, there is, is there a, a way that we can get there by fig- talking or by figuring it out or by doing something to figure out what is true, whether Todd's belief is true about Buddy Holly or your belief is true? Yes. Okay. Of course there are tests. Okay. Um, they won't be as simple as opening the jar and counting. How could we do it? Is there something we can do? And I, I mean, and I really mean, 
in a, a in a pursuit of the truth, I really want to know what can we do. Uh, so we can raise challenges to things that are claimed that are part of. We're talking about rather complicated uh, paths of life that people commit themselves to that have lots of different aspects. So uh, there are going to be lots of different parts to it. But if there's some part of it that we're we're not sure about, or we think, where did you get that? And we're talking about top. We're talking about Buddy Holly as God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make it as straightforward as possible. Sure. Yeah. 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 So we would ask questions about. Do these claims yeah. make sense according to the standards of rationality of the moral communities that have formed us? Do they make sense in terms of the context that in terms of the context of the community that we live? Sure. Which has all kinds of different ways of raising questions about beliefs. Sometimes questions are raised uh, about, uh, particularly with Jesus, you know, people might raise questions about uh, the the witnesses to Jesus. Like, who were these people? Can they be trusted? Uh, people might raise questions about um, the uh, what they think uh, Jesus implies about the character of God, and saying, "Well, could there be such a God? Does that even make sense with the world that we understand?" There's all kinds of ways people rate, can raise questions about those things. Yeah. There are many things, many times in my life, where I have believed in things that are true, have been true. I thought that they were objectively true. And I later discovered that that was likely not the case. And I think part of the reason why I went for as long as I did believing this or that was I couldn't show myself that the belief was false if it happened to be false. There was no way for me to get there. And this is me personally. Mm -hmm. And I am not making a judgment whether your belief is true or not true. I am not pretending to have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. If it was false would you be interested in finding that out or is that not something that you would be a direction you would be wanting to go if you needed to go uh i would totally want to know okay i wouldn't want to believe something that's false yeah uh, and an example of uh, a, 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 a falsifiable sort of moment within the apostles creed is where it says uh, was crucified, dead, was buried on the third day, rose from the dead. Yeah. So if somehow it was demonstrated that 
the body of Jesus which was crucified under Pontius Pilate in fact stayed in the same tomb up until today. That would falsify the Apostles' Creed, it seems to me, and I would rethink it. Seems like that's a difficult test. If that's the test that is required, because I think you're telling me we would need to find a grave, demonstrate that grave is Jesus, demonstrate that there's something in there that is Jesus, and that person, yeah, yeah, after 2,000 years, it seems like it would be pretty hard to draw all the, dot, all the connections between all those dots. Uh, It'd be hard to falsify, I'm, I'm thinking, and maybe, and I haven't thought this through, and maybe there's a way we could if we had to. I mean, just, I just, I'm thinking um, how that would work, because you gave, it seems like a, a rational test, so I'm trying to understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know uh, that much about the circumstances of burial in the first century, but um, yeah. but it seems like this test could have been done much closer to the time uh, as well. Um, if somebody, you know, in the first few decades, say, if they did it, had had, had figured out it. a way to to show that Which, no, I guess we're a little past that now. But yeah, it's a little probably a little much that. harder now, two thousand yeah. years later. But right. So I think what we're telling me is that your belief is with you. Yeah. 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 It is falsifiable, and and that test is not the only possible test. Uh, There are lots of ways that people might challenge this or that aspect of of somebody's faith. Um, And if it can't stand up to the challenge, then it is time to rethink it, to maybe revise it or move on or something like that. So So there's a better test than if we... There's a better test, you're saying? Uh... I don't know if there's a better one uh, okay. than, than, yeah. the, than the resurrection one, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm sure there are others. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Right. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
Now that's what I call funky.
Come alive to climb that stair.